This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast. Our post-Oscar pod special. Oh, is it? No, not really. Program note, by the way, Rog, we're recording this pod as they're recording Watch What Happens Live next door. There isn't an Arsenal riot of Wenger out advocates outside the door. It's just the very excited Watch What Happens Live audience enjoying a taping of the Watch What Happens Live show. Why are you telling me that, David? I can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> we want to start by saying, and I'm looking at the cover here on the table, the world's first tweed book cover. Yeah. Thank you, GFOPs, for your support of our book, which rose up the Amazon charts briefly last week to become the number one book in the golf category. Yeah, why was it in the golf category? <laughs> <laughs> Have we spoken to our publishers about that? I don't know. It's just an, uh, an orthodox path that we wanted. We just yeah. wanted to dominate. We just wanted to it. dominate the golf category. Yeah. It's also number one in soccer, but okay, we also soccer. dominated... We dominated the golf category. It's not bad, our book. It's free. It's, it's not good. It's free. It's not bad. We've worked so hard on this bloody book. Yeah. So hard. We didn't think. Every time I finish a book, still I always signing, tell my still wife. Still signing tip-ins, Roger. Yeah. But even the writing of the book, oh. never mind just the signing them, David. Yeah. We that, worked to me, so that bloody is hard. writing the book. No, we worked so hard yeah, on it. We did. And yeah. when, uh, when we go through the 28th draft, which is like always another bloody draft, yeah. I still giggle. When I read your parts, I flick through the parts that you wrote. I do the same. And I, I flick giggle through your out. parts. And I, I flick through your parts. And I, I'm a horrible man and I never laugh. But yeah. when I read your parts, I laugh mm-hmm. like full. This noise comes out a bit like the noise Pep Guardiola made when Manchester City won <laughs> against Chelsea. They, I make that noise. It's beautiful. We are going to get a proper cover, the finished cover finally. Yeah, because oh. the one that's up there is not the real cover. Yeah, the nice red one. Yeah. Yeah, that looks like it was designed on a Mac in 1982. Yeah, that is not the cover. We fought for that to be the cover, yeah. long and hard, but they, the, the book company decided that we should probably go with a tweed cover. We're going to get it next week. We will post it on all of our social. Please look out for that beauty. We hope, we pray it's going to be bigger than a Sydney Sheldon novel. <laughs> we also, high stakes, we're going to take yeah. Sheldon down. Also, live show news. Mm-hmm. Oh, tickets released for our first ever show in your quasi hometown. Oh, Los Angeles. Oh, you've been there. Is it all the talk on the street as you wander around in and out? No, everybody's too excited about the LAFC opening weekend victory, Rod. Oh, the Invincibles. Yeah, pretty oh, much. The May 26th at the Ace Theatre downtown. Hmm. Going to be a celebration of the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. It's football culture, slew of celebrity guests, including some from the Mexican National Federation. Wow. As Mexico brace themselves for World Cup 2018, we can't wait to meet you all. We will raise a beer. We will celebrate in Davo's quasi-hometown. New York GFOP, save the date for Golden, Golden Blazer, number five. Yep. May 15, 2018. Tickets go on sale March 20 via our newsletter, The Raven. Subscribe at meninblazers.com. What do you think of David O'Yellow? Oh, David, he's our guest on Monday. I thought it was fantastic. He was wonderful on the show. What a remarkable bloke. Arsenal, proper, proper Arsenal. Next show is Sunday, April 8th at 2.30. Sunday. Madness. We are going to review blow by blow. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. The entire first season of the Premier League, Men in Blazers 1992. Wow. Special. That'll be amazing. J-Dub started work on it in 1992. It's a masterpiece. Okay, we have a packed show, Roger. We're going to bust out the Ouija board to find out what's next to Arsenal after Sunday's demoralising 2-1 loss at Brighton. We break down Man United's three-goal comeback, last-minute win against Palace last night at Selhurst Park. It was heartbreaking. And we're going to try our best to get excited about league leaders Manchester City's 1-0 defeat of defending champions Chelsea. Plus, MLS opening weekend and the She Believes Cup, Rog. To the football. To the football, Dave. Mm -hmm. I want to raise a glass to the big World Cup 2018 News of the Week. Yeah. It's just 100 days away as it we is. pod. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. <sighs> big news. That many? Oh, I don't know if I can wait. I know, me neither. That means it's only 1,927 days mm. until the US are in one. The big news this week. Yeah. News that you'll be excited about. 
fans are reportedly able to bring in cannabis, yep. cocaine, uh-huh. and heroin into World Cup games. Uh-huh. Only if they have the proper medical paperwork. I thought you said only if they've got a FIFA badge. <laughs> only if they've got a FIFA credential. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you, credential automatically. Yeah. But if you have a doctor's note yeah. for cannabis, cocaine, or heroin, yeah. bring it in. Bring it into the games. Nice. So I raise this beer yeah. to Russia and to doctor's notes, David. I need my proper FIFA World Cup wall chart. I need my proper... You're speaking to you, Daily Mail. Get I, on it. I need my wall chart. I, yeah. I feel like the wall charts that have been put online, they're not big enough. They're not good enough. They're not... I, I want to purchase the right wall chart. Maybe GFOPs help me find the best wall chart that there is. You do feel disoriented until you have until a Until I have chart. a wall chart, I can't really tell you what's going on in the you World Cup. You don't feel Cup. anchored. No, you don't feel anchored. And also... Just want to know when the sticker books are coming out. I want to know where that stuff is. So if anybody knows, please uh, let us know. <laughs> Meninblazers at gmail.com. The sticker there's a, books. There's my son, he needs a sticker book. He needs a sticker book and he needs a wall chart. Oh, EA Sports, FIFA 2. Okay, Roger, we're going to start right out. Brighton and Hove oh. Albion 2. Arsenal 1. Darkness on the edge of town. Shame, shame, shame. Arsene Wenger's side lose four straight games for the first time since 2002. Goals. From Lewis Dunk, no one was more surprised than him, Rog. And Glenn Murray for England put the Seagulls 2-0 up 26 minutes into the game. Arsenal got one back, but it wasn't enough. The angry mob outside the Emirates Golden Gate grows louder. What what a night for Arsenal fan TV, Rog. Oh, Davo. Uh, Arsenal Wenger's anus horribilis. How do you pronounce that? Probably not like that. Anus horribilis. Anus horribilis yeah. continues. At the top of the show, I just want to... Reach out to Arsenal fans and just apologise. I've long said that you have to suffer repeat agonies in a way only like biblical Job, field goal kicking Charlie Brown, Phil from Groundhog Day can understand. I actually tweeted that two years ago to the day, February 28th. Yeah. Nothing has changed since. No learning curve, no lessons from mistakes. The USA taught us that you should never play two teams at one time. Yeah. You're going out and you're playing not just Brighton, but Hove Albion as well. Yeah. You ignore that at your peril. It was honestly, watching that game, it was like watching the saddest of clowns just slip on a banana skin, then poke himself in the eye after stepping on a rake which had a sign on it saying, Rake, don't step on it. But here's where I want to start, David. I want to ask you this. Have you ever had an argument with someone, a really awful one, and then gone to a cocktail party? And bloody hell, there they are. And you have to stand in the same room as someone that really, really, really hates you. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever done that. Because here's what I do it all the time. Here's what I marvel at. Arsene Wenger does that week in, week out. But not just with one person. He has to step into a room that has 50,000, 60,000 people that truly detest him. How humanly does he do it? I can't imagine what and, that must feel like. And these are also 50,000 people who used to love him. That's the really big thing about that. They used to love him, and now they hate him. But I think what Arsene would say, they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand what's going on, what he's doing, what's happening. 60,000, not people, 60,000 know-nothings. That's yeah, what he's persuaded pretty himself. Much. Oh, Because in this game, I mean, I'm kind of siding with the 60,000 slowly, Dave. Mm. You know, having lost eight of 14 games, leaking 25 goals, in the process, having a locker room that's briefing the press against you, Aaron Ramsey. And then we go into this game. Will there be a reaction after two bare-bottom Manchester City spankings? Would we, hell? Inside seven minutes. Arsenal's defence give train wrecks a bad name. Oh, your man Dunk. Yeah, Lewis Dunk. Four own goals in the Premier League. Well done, uh, this Lewis. season. He's been an well, amazing prolific. goal scorer. The, but the ball ends up sort of uh, rebounding back to him. And... He kicks it almost out of a sort of a natural reaction, similar to how he took some of his own goals this season. <laughs> and then he sort of has this momentary sort of reaction. It's like, oh my God, I just scored a goal. I just scored a goal. I just kicked a goal. I kicked a goal. And he's so surprised. And there's sort of a moment of hesitation. Then he goes off and celebrates it. It was a lovely moment. You know who wasn't surprised? Poor old Peter Cech. Stuck on 199 Premier League clean sheets mm. for the last 78 bloody days. Can't mm. imagine what that must feel like. Brighton fans singing, you're getting sacked in the morning to Wenger when Brighton fans are trolling you. You are dead, man. Who would step up? What leaders does the club have? How about nobody? Instead, England's future star, 34-year-old ball denier Glenn Murray, 
your favourite hammerhead? Former Wilmington hammerhead. <sighs> How did he get on his own? Unmarked. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Murray for England. He uh, he makes the second. No, amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, you know, I know Petacek will have uh, wanted to have done slightly better with that one. It went sort of through him. Um, As it does. But, As but, it does nowadays. But Glenn Murray just can't stop scoring goals. Credit Brian. Credit Glenn Murray. I mean, this is a day we should say that that club, their fans and their manager, Chris Hewton, long been a greatest man in football kind of guy. He's now a superior manager to keep that Brighton team uh, out of the relegation zone. A remarkable feat on this day. Organised, disciplined, wonderful. But Arsenal, my God, when your club are worse than the 1877 Cars for Kids commercial. Wenger sitting there, writhing in agony. All of the glory at the beginning of his career just being washed away by the negativity, the disaster, like a beautiful sandcastle being taken away by an incoming tide. He is Miss Havisham in great expectations. He's a footballing grey gardens. I feel for Arsenal fans, Dave. Even my mate, Michael Cohen, who's the most positive man in the world. What's he doing now? He said he's just stupefied by how out of control the club is and how impotent we fans are. Just he's realised, I guess, David, there's no amount of Wenger out signs that are going to work. I'm not sure that you can put this entirely at the feet of Arsene Wenger. Obviously, the the board, or to the extent that it actually is a board, because I'm not sure how much governance there actually is over the club at Arsenal or even sort of due care taking over the club. And I think the fans, you know, for many years, this is how they profited. This is why Arsenal were very good. Let's not forget about Arsene's legacy, what he did at this club, how he invented them. And, you know, it wasn't only just about, and I'm not going to do an entire salute just to the football they play, because I don't think there's any point in playing beautiful football if you're not winning. But they won a lot of things. They were an amazing, amazing Premier League side, that side from the late 1990s and early 2000s. And he gave Arsenal, most of these, a lot of these fans who we see on Arsenal fan TV became Arsenal fans in this era. Those amazing players who Arsene brought into the club, those amazing football that they played there, the trophies that they, they lifted. So... Having said that, it's obviously time. I'm not sure what the plan is, and I'm not sure how they're going to go and catch back up. Not everyone can win the Premier League, Rog. There have to be losers, and it doesn't make everybody else who's not winning an idiot. It doesn't make them all bad, but Arsenal have a lot of catching up to do. I mean, at Mega Dino Sir tweeted us to say, Wenger out? Isn't that what got Louis C.K. in trouble? <laughs> oh, but when you do hear Wenger post-match, and you hear him say this, David... Oh, the uh, the old Alsatian proverb, uh, Rog. When you have just the trousers on, it is easy to take the trousers off as well. But when you are naked completely, you have to find the shirt to try to put it on again and dress normal again. <sighs> I mean, I got it. You did? Yeah. That's your slow French that allowed yeah. you to decode no, totally. that. It's very famous Alsatian uh, proverb. Yeah, but I mean, it was like listening to It's Arsene. mainly to do with trousers, it by is. the way. Trousers. Yeah. yeah. It is like when... Arsenal may be playing in trousers next time they play. That's what they need. Longer mm-hmm. pants. Mm-hmm. Tighter shirts. Yeah. But when you hear him, he's essentially reading the lyrics to a lost verse of Colour Me Bad's I Want to Sex You Up. He is. That song could never sound less erotic than when Arsene Wenger karaoke's it. And I'll say it's much cuter when Carlos Caballal does the weird Euro analogy stuff you have to, you know, winning. Yeah. But it just adds to the sense of panic and consternation. And then you get to the Times of London, the headline today, Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger believes he's the best man to take the club forward and has told his coaching staff he will not step down this summer. So here's a couple of quick questions on Arsenal, trying to advance the conversation. Number one, why would he want to, David? Why would he want to? To leave would be an admission of failure. And the one thing that Arsene has never done in my memory in his 20 years at this club, 20 plus years at this club, he's never admitted failure. That's not in his DNA. It's one of the reasons why he has been a winner is he doesn't back down and admit failure. Secondly, what else is he going to go and do that's as good as managing Arsenal? There's nothing for him in football as good as managing Arsenal Football Club. And three... The garden doesn't tend he itself. Belie- he believes... And he could <laughs> buy more trousers. He also <laughs> believes in himself. Very clearly, he's a man who believes... I don't believe he doesn't believe what he says to the Times of London. He believes he's the best man to take the club forward. I believe he believes that a thousand percent. 
I'm the best man to take the club forward in a backwards direction. <laughs> but I think he believes it. I find it excruciating. I, I said this on Twitter and got hammered by a lot of Arsenal fans who uh-huh. disagree wholeheartedly. But I, I find it excruciating to watch Wenger suffer one humiliation after another mm. in the full public glare. Not from a footballing perspective, but from a human one. I, I, I see him clinging on. It's just all emotional. It's sub-rational at what, this point. What did Arsenal fans have a problem with with you writing like, that? He should have gone. Should have gone. Should have left with his dignity intact. No, go leave my club now. Yeah. Uh, bell end, that kind of stuff. I mean, I see a man who's desperately lost in deep psychic pain, unfathomably incapable of doing the one rational thing within his power to make it stop, which is resign. I mean, we're seeing arrogance, hubris, denial, selfishness, vanity. He's like a living Arthur Miller character who'd rather self-destruct because of a deep human wound than do the rational thing. It's like Willie Loman, Eddie from View from a Bridge, I want my name back, Arsene Wenger. So the second question, Mm. it is going to end. Everything ends unless you're the Chinese president, how is it going to end for Wenger? I don't know. It's just funny. When you were saying the thing about, you know, people saying this is, you know, this is my team. You hear on Arsenal fan TV, what are you doing to my team, to my club? I love the club almost too much. Arsene is a guy, whatever you think about him, it's just as much his club and probably way more than it is any of those fans' clubs. It sort of is Arsene's club. I think it's another reason he's not leaving. I don't know how it's going to end. I, I really don't know how I'm it's I'm starting to believe it. the most humane way for it to end would be for him to go Joe Pesci in Goodfellas style. Yeah. Just step into the garage at the Emirates and have Gunasaurus cap him without him ever seeing it. Or maybe Steve Bold. Or maybe the Raiders of the Lost Ark ending, more likely. Like the mm. German's face melting off his skull because of an intense fire. And then yeah. having his remains blown away by a whirlwind, probably this Sunday against Watford. Have Ganosaurus escort him from the ground, holding pre- his hand. I much prefer your. I don't know. I much prefer your scenario. <laughs> yeah, because we both love the song Copacabana. I love that song. I, 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 one of the happiest sounding songs. It's actually bloody depressing. It is. It's very depressing. That last verse. Her mm. name is Lola. Yeah. She was a showgirl, yeah. but that was thirty years ago when they used to have a show. Yeah. Now it's a disco, but not for Lola. Not for Lola. Still in a dress she used to wear faded feathers in her hair yeah and then the last line she sits there so refined drinks herself half blind yeah this one kills me she lost the youth and she lost a tony she did lose a tony she, when you lose your tony oh you don't want to lose your, your tony, tony adams you yeah, don't want to lose exactly. your tony now she's lost her mind i can imagine i can imagine that being venga right at the end still managing in his faded puffer jacket feathers in his hair Oh, he's going to lose his mind, David, Arson. and he is going to lose his team. He was a showgirl. Oh, it's all in there, mate. My final question is, to me, so much of this is about Cronky and mm. his Americanness. I mean, both because he's an absentee landlord, yeah. so he doesn't have to walk around London and have every single Arsenal fan in London just give it to him every day on a daily basis. But also American sports owners, you can lose all the bloody time here. You could rebuild. Fans are like, oh, we're rebuilding this season. We're not going to be very good this season. We're just rebuilding. American fans both are okay with losing. They're okay with rebuilding. The rev share means it doesn't actually matter whether the Nuggets win or lose. American fans allow multi-year rebuilding. Fans of big six English soccer teams, not so much. Big six, I think, goes everywhere. You know, we're going to get to the Palace game in a minute. But after the Palace game yesterday, I texted some of my mates and just said, who would own a Premier League football club? Like, who would own one? Who would own one? Just the misery of having to go through that would be awful. Roman Abramovich texted back and said... (laughs) He said, he said, I'm going to buy them too. (laughs) He said, new phone, who this? new phone, who this? (laughs) Dave (laughs) Yeah, that's what he said. Okay, well, let's get to that game. Palace 2, Man United 3. It was heartbreak. Uh, for Palace and all Palace uh, fans around the world. After an insipid start, Jose Mourinho's men stormed back, Rog, from two goals down at Selhurst Park, scoring thrice in the final 35 minutes, including a Serbian stonker at last for Man United from Nemanja Matic in the first minute of injury time. United stays second. Palace, meanwhile, slip back into the relegation zone. Oh, Dave, Dave, Dave. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. 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 It was worse than that. It's worse Awful. Than that. I have to have a conversation with Steve this evening. I just don't Steve even know. Parrish. Yeah, I don't even know how I'm gonna. Like we're talking about something else, but I just don't even know how I'm gonna deal with the first two and a half minutes of Palace talk at the beginning of the phone call. Just I feel awful. No for words. Him. Awful. No for words. Him. Just hug him. Over the phone, it's very difficult, mate. Don't let technology. <laughs> 
hold you back. Yeah. Okay, I will. Okay, I will. It was like watching the greatest rollicking, emotionally draining action movie, think Die Hard, mm. but where the baddie, Hans Gruber, ends up winning. And plucky New York Police Department detective Bruce Willis, full-on yippee-ki-yay mother Crystal Palace. Yeah. Who've never beaten Manchester United in their entire Premier League history. I know. Go 2-0 up. Yeah. Playing a bullion, confident Wonderful football. Wonderful football. Monstrous Norwegian attacker Alexander Solos. Love him. God, I love him. Just yeah. unleashing everything. Yeah. And I'm sure Steve was like, yeah, club shirts, club shop. We better get those funny little O's that Solos yeah. spells his name with. We're uh, going to make yeah. a packet. That's exactly what he called them too, the funny little O's. <laughs> That's what he called Orient. United couldn't live with his power and Townsend's pace and Christian Benteke doing something occasionally productive. Yeah. And when Van Arnold finished oh, so brilliantly. That past, was an amazing goal. I, don't, I still don't know how he did it. He smashed it, Rog. He just absolutely smashed it. We've seen a few goals this season where they've just, where strikers have thought, yeah, I'm just going to smash it. he gave it. a bit of the eyes, a yeah, bit of the body the swerve. Eyes, smashed it. And this is against David De Gea, who's like, brilliant, yeah. I say, very, I plug bullets out of the air in my yeah. teeth. And he was astonished, yeah. David De Gea. And I looked at 70-year-old Roy Hodgson, Davo, yeah. punching the air on the sideline. Yeah. And I thought, that bless, yeah. bless, I thought, bless. <laughs> I thought that man, he's got 11 injuries. His team. That's just Roy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, got, he's got so many players out. Yeah. Don't get started about my <laughs> injuries. <laughs> yeah. Stop your moaning. Yeah. Um, I've got to tell you about my rheumatism. Yeah. Um, his team making a fist of things. Week after week, and I thought when he punched the air, 2 0 up, 48th minute, I thought, oh. my God, my God, I just hope I have half the passion and love for oh. what I do when I reach, if I reach Roy Hodgson's age without being vetted oh. in memoriam. But that joy would turn to ashes in his mouth. Yeah. United, terrible in the first half, relentless in the second. They look so much better when they go all out. Starley yeah. used to show week in, week out under Sir Alex, never say die. Yeah, no, they sound like me, better have a go. They should go down 2-0 every week. If you want to see the Man United of yore, just go down 2-0 United on the road against one of the teams in the relegation zone. That's how you get the team playing the kind of football that we expect from Man United. They've got so many attacking pieces. Just being able to throw on Rashford, throw yeah. on Mata. It was astonishing. Lukaku, smart finish, I thought. De Gea, well, routine off, heroic save. Yeah. And then deep into injury time, yeah. 91st minute, Yeah. Matic. Kind of goal he used to score. Against... Everton. All, <laughs> all the bloody the time. Tim. By the yeah. way, as soon as he got the ball, as yeah. soon as he, got, he had it earlier in the move, yeah. earlier in the early in the sequence, yeah. he had the ball at his feet, and I was like, I felt sick, and I realised I still got PTSD from him doing it twice against Tim Howard. Yeah. I said, don't leave him to shoot, and then, oh, God, how would you describe it? Oh, they well, they left him to shoot. Yeah. would be the main thing. He just lashed it left foot from way downtown. I mean, way downtown power. Accuracy, oh. I mean, perfection. It was like Claw from Black Panther zapping something with his prosthetic sonic converter composed mm. of molybdenum steel. My heart broke, David. My heart, this Palace have lost it back to back to Spurs in the 88th minute, yeah, to United in the 92nd. The agony yeah. of Roy Hodgson in that moment, yeah. No one knows better than him that football can be the cruelest of football lovers. Football is so cruel, so cruel. How Palace didn't get anything from this game, I will never. <sighs> ever understand but credit to United I mean credit to United this was you have come in for a lot of criticism this year this was a gutsy performance this is a team that you know still despite you know a lot of praise going to teams below them in the table they're still holding on to second place uh, they don't have the worst run in either and I still think we can see Man United looking their second place at the end of the season what an exclamation point win for them. I mean, huge relief, huge celebration. They showed real determination in this game. Though the honest truth is they were seconds away from an underwhelming result. They still seem unbalanced. Pogba and Sanchez both still seem to be trying to be the man, both kind of failing. Sanchez so used to being the dominant first option, not quite sure how and where he belongs in this United side. But wow, they host Liverpool on Saturday, early doors. It's going to be fascinating, a true psychological test for all. That's going to be fantastic. They've also got a better result than Man City at Selhurst Park, Rog. Anyway, Rog, talking of City, they beat Chelsea 1-0, a game 
that begs the philosophical question, is it possible to paper cut a team to death if they're already playing dead? City maintains 71% possession. I can't believe it was only that much against the Chelsea side that at times seemed allergic to the ball. The game's lone goal came less than a minute into the second half with Bernardo Silva turning oh. in across from his Spanish uh, namesake, David Silva. City now just four wins away from the title, Rog. Just four wins away from the title. Oh, the most one-sided big game, 1-0, you'll ever see. Yeah, that was a good result for Chelsea. City. It's their result of the season, frankly. I loved frankly. it when you said uh, that. Right behind the win at Atletico Madrid in the Champions that's, League. That's... I'd say the 1-0 one away loss to City, result of the season. Maybe the 1-1 draw at home against Barcelona, but, but I would say But you one. did say, if you would have offered me 1-0 defeat before kick-off, I would yeah, have bitten your hand doubt, off. Without a doubt, bitten your hand off, Rod. Oh, but they club Chelsea. They bludgeon them. It was worse than that. 902 passes. They racked yeah. a Premier League record. Yeah. Gundawan's total, mm-hmm. a staggering 174. Mm-hmm. More than Phil Jones completes in a season. Yeah. Chelsea hem back into their own area. Azard and Cess stranded. Eden later admitted, we could have played on for three hours and I still wouldn't have touched the ball. How did you experience that? Just not what I want to see as a Chelsea fan. You know, the Arsenal being so bad is sort of keeping the pressure off Chelsea and to some extent the fact that Conte I think is struggling so much uh, with what's going on behind the scenes at Chelsea obviously there's very little confidence in him they're talking to other managers they're talking about getting him out and it almost feels like a pointless season for Chelsea yeah, who knows they could get something out of the Champions I'll League I'll tell you about unlikely. pointless seasons I know it? you're having one but Chelsea look for me it's about winning things it's just about winning things the only thing is about winning things and I think a game in which Chelsea are playing much as I joke about it to damage limit. This was damage limitation. It's an exercise in damage limitation. Chelsea have played this, you know, anti-possession game before. They've played against Barcelona in the Champions League. We've watched them go and sit back, sit back, sit back and strike on the counter. But the key words there are, and strike on the counter. There was no counter. There was no counter because there was no pressure on the ball. And if you don't put any pressure on the ball, you are never ever going to counter-attack. So it was just incredibly disappointing for me as a Chelsea fan. This is not what I want to watch my club do. I mean, it was remarkable in that 74th minute, that clip that everybody's seen on Twitter now where Chelsea were just done. I mean, Pep's Barcelona was exhausting to play against. They, they ground their opponents down physically from having to chase shadows and even more mentally, the focus that City's discipline, cunning, triangles, passing just mm. exerts on the team. But in that 74th minute, where City was spraying the ball around the midfield and, and Chelsea, I've never seen this before in the Premier League. They just stopped. They, they just sat off. They just stopped moving. Yeah. Stopped pressing. They just stood there. Cess just stopped, stood, laughed. Mm. Winded, dejected, defeated. These are your defending Premier League champions. And watching yeah. the bullies, Chelsea, I say that with admiration. Yeah. They used to bully opponents. To see them being bullied yeah. was remarkable. The gap now between Tottenham in fourth and Chelsea in fifth five points. You've got to start yeah. wondering what Eden Hazard's thinking as yeah. he trotted off the field. But City, remarkable. The goal here, silver to silver, heart to heart. Bernardo Silva having a terrific opening to the final third of the season, coming to the fore like Gundogan. City, they're like a jazz combo in which different kind of maestros guest to have a solo. Raz, we all loved him at the start of the season. Then Sané yeah. kind of stepped up. It's now Bernardo and always Silver and KDB, the band leaders, it's remarkable. And by the way, one has to say, with, despite making all the passes, City weren't really sparkling in this game. It was kind of a flat performance, despite the dominance. It was, it was somewhat flat dominance. Yeah, even Kenny G has some bad gigs sometimes. So it was, a, it was a funny performance, but it was most remarkable. It was light jazz. It was most remarkable just to watch Chelsea essentially wave the white flag in a football game. I never want to see the club do it. I'd rather lose 6-0 than lose a tight one, just honestly. To, I love you for that. Just I would. I genuinely why. would because I only care about winning titles. And, I, and by the way, if you're not going to win the title, I don't believe you give up halfway through the season. You attempt to win things. Sport is essentially about winning. Professional sport is about winning. It's not about anything else. And you've got to attempt to win. At the end of it, it's not all about winning. You don't do anything at all costs to win. You don't cheat. You don't dive. You don't do all those things. I don't believe in that. But I do believe, essentially, you've got to go out there in order to compete in order to win. And I don't felt like Chelsea went out there to compete in order to win. I admire and revere your approach to sport. To me, sport is slightly different. 
It's about having my own sense of self-loathing validated and reinforced by a greater life force that I can share collectively with millions of other people like cattle feeding out of a big kind of cattle tub. I know, but, mm, I know, but, that, mm, I know, but that's you as losing. a fan. That's you as a fan, as an observer of sport. I'm talking from the point of view of the club, from the point of view of the team that's playing, from the point of view of the professionals on the field. They have to attempt to win and they have to attempt to do what it takes to go and win the game. And I just don't... I haven't seen that. And maybe this is what Chelsea do. Maybe this is this strange cycle we're getting into where we have to like constantly recharge our batteries and finish sort of somewhere just above mid table in order to like come back again stronger next year. And then we retreat again. Like somebody said, Oh, you got to be kept to me the other day. You got to be careful. Chelsea might not make the champions league. I was like, great, Great. like fantastic. (laughs) If we're not going to make the champions league, it's like Europa league. I don't mind being out of it last season when we won the premier league which was great to win the Premier League. We won in the Champions League. It, it does help. It does help. You have a bit more energy Chelsea, it comes down to it. wax on, wax off. Pretty much. Whatever That's that their means. approach. That's the <laughs> approach, Rog. <laughs> Liverpool 2, Newcastle 0. Jurgen Klopp's side spoils former Reds manager Rafa Benitez's return to Anfield. Goals from reverse initial twins Mo Salah and Sadio Mane give the Anfield faithful, I get it, MS and SM, give the Anfield faithful a routine win and put a seven-point cushion between their side and fifth-place Chelsea. You know who your reverse initial twin is? Uh, DM. David Moyes. David Moyes. I could steal one of his tracksuits for you. You could wear it. It's also Diego Maradona. I'll take him as well. (laughs) Who's mine? GFOP's listening. Let me know who the most pathetic BR. Brendan Rodgers. ดับเบิ้ลไปอันดับบรอดไม่ดับบรอดไม่เวอร์สทวินอินิชั่นดับเบิ้ลแกงก์อ่ะเอสแบรนดอนโรดเจอร์สไอ้เดียโกมาราโ
uh, pass into the channel. Or a um, shot. Yeah, it was a hopeful <laughs> pass into the channel. But he just laid it on. It bounced perfectly for Sun. He's got beautiful legs. He also has a good forehead. And he just, just the imagination to go and head that ball off the bounce. You don't very often see a diving-headed goal off the bounce from a long ball. Not enough. I mean, yeah. what a run. What a pass. What a finish. Cue delirium. 17 straight Spurs games without defeat. The Wembley curse worries a long ago banished piece of narrative. My moment of the week when Serge Aurier just showed the courage, the tenacity, the resilience to step up when it mattered, overcome the haters by taking a throw in and not having it blown for foul play. Yeah, I think think he's been practising after last week. I think so. It was a wonder of the human spirit, David. It was, Rog. Swansea 4, West Ham 1, Rog. Carlos Carvajal. Swans see off the irons behind goals from Kiesung Young, Mike Vanderhorn, Andy King and Jordan Ayew. The win vaults Swansea out of the relegation zone into 13th, three points from the drop. West Ham, meanwhile, slipped to 14th, also three points from the very bad place. Very close down <laughs> the there very still, Rod. Bad place. Very bad place. It's one of the most feeble, humiliating West Hammy of experiences. The IU brother that you sold, Andre, yeah. coming yeah. back to haunt you. Yeah. Lifting Swansea to glory. Yeah. Propelled by Key, the Korean that West Ham tried and failed to sign in January. And sending the Welsh club now five places up the table. Oh, I adore Swansea. I adore Cobber. Oh, yeah. We didn't have two brothers on the pitch. We had 11, oh. he said post-game. I cannot wait. Swans, if you're listening, bring out the Kobayar mm. inspirational uh. saying desk calendar. Mm. I, I would definitely buy that calendar. It will Can't be we just make one? That's such a good idea. What? We should just make a uh, inspirational calendar oh. for, the, and for 2019. I love that idea. Oh, mate, every day would just feel like I want to attack it with a ferocity unknown to humankind. West mm. Ham, you stink from the head down. Mm. boardroom that's a hot mess and everything under it but you're not the worst west in football you're not Watford won West Brom nil Roger 77th minute Troy score and salute proves the difference in this one dead last West Brom have won our one just one of their last 27 Premier League games making Super Alan Pardew (laughs) a safe bet to return to Pucci's home planet before the season's out, Watford, meanwhile, up tonight. God, thank you, all you American West Brom fans who've sent in your stories about how and why you chose West Brom. I'm sure yeah. you've made better decisions in your life, no. but none probably feel more real to you right yeah, now. Yeah, both of them were fascinating stories. Oh, Troy Deeney. Yeah. yeah, there were two of them. <laughs> yeah. The best Deeney since Houdini drops uh-huh. another mixtape, Fat Drake style. As JW said to me, it was an Alan Pardew diss track. Pardew came in to set records, and he has... Six defeats in a row in all comps for West Brom. Mm. Club's worst run in seven years. He will go. Should never have been appointed. And what a weekend. Recycled Deadwood old school managers. Pardew, Moyes, and even Big Sam Boulevard Allardyce all humiliated this weekend, David. Bruce Arena style. Leicester won. Bournemouth won. A 97th minute. Riyad Mahrez free kick sees the Foxes snatch a point in the dying embers. The win would have moved the Cherries eight clear of the drop. As it stands now, they are in 12th place. Southampton nil, Stoke nil. I could speak for hours about that game. Maybe we'll do a whole other podcast just on that I think we're doing about a pod special (laughs) just on Southampton nil, Stoke nil. Burnley 2, Everton 1. Oh, Roger. A 7.30 a.m. Saturday kickoff. Well, at least you get your weekend ruined, like, just right off the bat. You don't have to, you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for it. Burnley, who had not won in 11 straight games and had never come from behind to win under Sean Dyche. That's 53 <laughs> games. Never, Rog. They'd never done it before. They'd never even thought, they'd never even imagined doing it before. And they never will uh, again. Snap both of those streaks thanks oh. to an 80th minute Chris Wood winner. Rog, I'm sorry. Discuss. I feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Honestly, nothing. nothing. I wish I, I mean, could fly way up in the, the sky, sky, but I can't. Do you, you can't. remember a year ago there was a FIFA scandal that there were ghost games in the Albanian second division <laughs> that didn't exist, but were reported as if they had taken place because Asian gamblers were betting on them. <laughs> Albanian ghost games. Those Albanian ghost games m- meant more than this game did. <laughs> they did. 
Fat Sam's just degenerating Everton. He's called Fat Sam now. Losing I thought it was Big Sam. <laughs> you now just call him Fat Sam. Um, well, the Everton fans, they they, um, they call him Fat Sam and worse right now. Playing the innocuous Burnley. I thought team. he looked quite good in that puffer jacket he was J-Dubs, wearing this week. J-Dubs, and I looked at the progression during the yeah. game. I think he put on weight during the game. <laughs> Because he looked, he looked lean. If you look at the beginning of the game, seven pies will do that. When it was nil nil, when it was nil nil, he looked fantastic. Yeah. When it was one nil, he really looked hugging. Looked good. Lean. Fit. Yeah. And then the longer the game went on, uh, yeah, the pies taketh the toll on man, as Chaucer would say. But I mean, God, this is pathetic. Jenk Tosin scored his first wonderfully Turkish goal for Everton, who took the lead, which allowed at Gary F to tweet us. They've scored two sun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it came to be two pathetic goals conceded by Everton, the second off a set piece. I mean, what do you, when you think of Big Sam, what do you think of? Defensive master, right? A set piece defending and set piece attacking. Yeah. I mean, that's like when you think of Super Alan Pardew, you yeah. think of Super. You think yeah. of defence for Big yeah. Sam. Here's Everton team. They can't hold the ball in possession. They can't yeah. keep the ball out of their net. The only yeah. thing he's good at is for chewing gum. The yeah. taste of impotence, shame, defeat, self-loathing. The game ended with Everton fans serenading Big Sam with a long rendition of you're just a fat, greedy bastard. The, the newspapers are now saying Everton fans have turned against Allardyce. The honest truth was they never supported the appointment in the first place. Everton have now lost 19 competitive games this season, their most since 2005. And here's your news story of the week, Davo. Oh, my Everton want Arsene Wenger to take over as manager if he is sacked by Arsenal. <laughs> Everton owner Farhad Mashiri believes he is the best candidate to help the Toffees rebuild. That's a lot because Arsene thinks he's the best candidate to take Arsenal forward. <laughs> no, he's going to do them both. <laughs> he's going to take both jobs. Gonna, yeah. le, le job sharing. It would be a roll up. Yeah. Well, it's a, not the job sharing. It would be an M&A. Oh, a M&A. I'm managing both. Yeah, Everton. Oh, Arsenal. Yeah. He believes he's the best candidate to help the Toffees rebuild, David. Oh, is the world just trying to howl at me? When I read this, I do think it's like a farcical situation. Of of course, they're not going to get Arsene Wenger. They're going to get Alan Pardew as our next manager. Where are Everton in the table now? It doesn't matter. Nothing matters well, relegation anymore. Would the only thing that's mate, we're just nothing. We are just, we are just. It's just. You're not imaginative to go down. Is that what you're saying? You're not good enough to go down. Can I just tell you what we are right now? Yeah. The only thing that can capture what we are. It's Alfred Tennyson's poem. Tears, idle You're just tears. a fat, greedy bastard. You're I thought almost, that was one of his. Tennyson wrote that tear. Yeah. That was his better known work. Yeah. But he wrote, tears, idle tears. I know not what they mean. Tears from the depths of some divine despair rise in the heart and gather to the eyes in looking on the happy autumn fields and thinking of the days that are no more. Yeah. That's Everton Football Club right now, David. Fun. Okay. You're just a crap Tennyson poem. <laughs> You're just a crap Tennyson poem. <laughs> uh, props to CKH Spurs, whose white side of North London laden team led him <sighs> to victory in our Targa League this week. A patch is on its way to you. Okay, and then MLS, Rog. A narrative-filled start to the league's 23rd season. Columbus saw off defending champs Toronto 2-0. Houston pump four pass Brad Guzan and Atlanta in a 4-0 victory. LAFC win their first game ever, 1-0 away in Seattle. GFOP, K. Kamara, Roger scored an amazing uh, goal for Vancouver. A ne- I love a near-post header, Roger. I love a near-post header. Give me header. a near-post header. I love a near-post header. Give me header. a header where the ball bounces first and I just flick it in oh. sun style. Yeah, I mean, how do you sum up this first week? MLS going very MLSy right from the out. It was very MLSy, but there were some good goals scored. Fantastic. And a lot of prayers sent already for Brad Guzan. Week yeah. one, lumping in four goals and still having an unbelievable game. Win for LAFC in their virgin encounter. Oh, 1-0, 19-year-old starlet Diego Rossi. Fantastic <gasps> goal. Definitely the best Rossi since Barkley. Mm. Fine, fine stuff. It's great mm-hmm. to see our friend Bob Bradley on the sideline again, back where he belongs. Bill Flyfe. Bill Flyfe. The US national team, Rog, gets a win and a draw to start the She Believes Cup. Last Thursday, they beat the Germans 1-0 <laughs> in Columbus behind a goal from GFOP Megan Rapino. This weekend, in a game that you were at with your daughter, they oh. tied France uh, 1-1 at... Red Bull Arena, Mallory Pugh 
the scorer in that one. Oh, what a fantastic day I had at Red Bull, cheering on the US in a 1-1 draw. I did love meeting so many GFOPs, watching the US struggle to create going forward. Very little in the way of cohesive mm. attacking play, which I will say was a bit of an increasing concern. And I do think not having a penalty shootout after a draw in a tournament like this is, is, is madness. Give the players the opportunity to experience a live shootout in front of a, a huge yeah. crowd. It's priceless. And I've got to say, for that crowd, particularly of young kids, boys and girls, it would give them so much more to cheer about. The, the real highlight for me, I was there with my daughter's under nine team. And at halftime, there was a genuinely beautiful moment when the U.S. women's hockey team came out onto the field with their gold medals and the young crowd. They went wild. And the message from the hockey players, they all shouted, dream big. Mm. And I will say, what amazing role models they are, that team, in how to face defeat, work hard, go again, and deliver victory. I hope you're listening, Gilfie Sigurdsson. <laughs> Roger, okay, the US Women's National Team's third game of the She Believes Cup, which isn't actually a cup, it's more like a league, is against the Lionesses of England. Uh, the winner of that final game Phil takes Neville's the title. Mighty yeah, they, they're actually quite good, the Lionesses. They, uh, they, they smashed France in their opener 4-1 and then managed to uh, a tie with Germany over the weekend. Uh, so it's them versus the US women to the, decide the She Believes Cup. The most tactically savvy England team in, I've seen in my lifetime. It kicks off from Orlando at 7pm Eastern Time Wednesday on ESPN News. Rog, can we just repeat that? The game is on ESPN News. Congratulations to Jim Pitaro, by the way. He's just got the job running ESPN. But that game is on, once again, just to remind you, it's on ESPN News. Okay, your weekend looks like this. Who are you supporting? Who? In that game? Yeah, England play America. Do you know, the women is slightly different for me. With the men, it would definitely be England. I think with the women, it's a slightly different thing because I am very, very attached to that team. Uh, We know a lot of the players involved in the team. And, you know, to my daughters, I don't know. I don't know. I'm all like, in I, I, it's sometimes you don't know until you watch it and you start thinking who you're rooting for. I've got to say, if it was the men, I'd cheer for America. If it was the women, I'd 100% cheer for America. And I'm not just saying that, INS, because I'm going for my final interview yeah. in my citizenship mm. process this Thursday at 4.30pm. Yeah. Also should... on ESPN News. However, <laughs> we, should say, we should say that what She Believes Cup proves yet again is how much the U.S. women's national team have done for the game around the world. You know, the fact that the Lionesses are that good, had the U.S. women's national team not been so good and not been such ambassadors for the game, there's no way these women would be as good as football. One of the great generational changes in football Absolutely. in our lifetime, David. Absolutely. Because we don't have Title Night yeah. in England. No. It's watching what you've done in America yeah. and the English We don't have colleges. <laughs> <laughs> Your weekend looks like this, Rog. It starts at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time Saturday morning with Man United versus Liverpool. What a way to kick off the weekend. Then at 12.30... Watching park buses. It's the Colfs Boys School Derby as Chelsea host Crystal Palace. Oh, me and Steve. And Sunday at 9.30. Who's supporting that one, mate? Palace, without a doubt. I want Palace to win that game. I want a, Palace to win. Michael Davis has got a big heart. He does a lot of good work for charity. For charity. And Sunday at 9.30, it's Arsenal versus Watford. I want Watford to win that one. All of those games on NBCSN. Later that day, Atlanta hosts DC United at 3 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Five stripes. Uh, there are many other ways to connect to us, including our now extinct Amazon Emporium, which has transformed into the Men in Blazers board mark. What are you putting in the board mark to speak, Roger? A book. Oh. The Line Becomes a River by Francisco Cantu. I realised how little I really knew about what has become one of the nation's biggest kind of hot button issues. The border, Texas, Arizona way, the Mexican wildlands. Yeah. The author is a third generation Mexican-American who spends four years chasing migrants and the occasional drug dealer. He writes about the geography, the culture, the lifestyle in haunting ways. He joins up in the first place because he is, quote, tired of reading about the border in books, which is exactly what I went and did. And I think I'm all the better for it. It's a haunting, provocative read, a bit like Hillbilly Elegy for the border. And it's impossible to read without being cloaked in sadness. To you, Davidio. Uh, GFOPs. Over the age of 40. Take a look. Time to get serious. And maybe, maybe in your late 30s. And you 20s, listen up. No, 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 20s, you're going to think. Maybe that, oh, JW's looking good. I'll tell you, uh, GFOPs in your sort of late 30s, early 40s, take a look in the mirror. Take a look at your eyes. Okay. And take a look at, take a look at the, 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 the quadrant, the sector just underneath your eyes. Yeah. Slightly black, slightly dark little circles forming. It looks like another set of eyes. <laughs> 
but eyes that are just black and dark. You know what you need? You need the I-V trademark, Rog, Moisture Boost Hydrogel Patches. This, once again, I know it sounds like a paid endorsement. This is not a paid endorsement. This is some advice I got. So a uh, mate of mine... Who? A mate of mine... Oh, I was know watching. A mate of mine was watching the show. He may or may not own Chelsea football. No, no, it was not. It was not Roman. A mate of mine was watching the show and uh, looked at the show and said, you did a really good job. I, I was very amused by you and Roger on the show. But you really need to get yourself some I-V trademark moisture boost hydrogel patches for your under eyes. That was their only note. I know, that was the only note. The only note. Now... In our defense, yesterday's show, we did without the assistance of makeup and hair. True. Because our makeup and uh, hair professional, yeah. Rebecca, completely forgot about. Couldn't be asked. <laughs> couldn't be up, basically. She said she, she completely forgot about the show. I would say she woke up, thought, oh, many blazers, no way, and decided I'd, I'd not to I'd say her come. makeup performance was akin to Cesc Fabregas' yeah. midfield performance against Manchester yeah. City. Yeah. Uh, and so we did not look our best on the air. I thought I looked very good. Best you, you, I've ever looked you without makeup. You didn't. <laughs> we did not look our best on the show. But um, certainly these sort of these, these black circles under the eye. So I've been told. Now I've not used them yet. So this is going to be this is going to be an ongoing feature on the Men in Blazers podcast, where I'm going to report on how the I-V trademark uh, moisture boost hydrogel patch is doing. But I've been I've been reliably informed that this is what we need, Rog, to put on our under eyes. Alert. You're meant to put them on for 20 minutes, Rod. So 20 minutes is how you really get rid of the blacks. But if you want to do a quick one, you just do it for seven minutes. What are you it's saying? All okay. Why are you pointing at me so menacingly? <laughs> so uh, those are that. I don't know how. Oh, they cost $55. That's if you want a monthly auto delivery. If you just want to get them one time, Rod, they cost $75. Why don't you use me as the guinea pig? I'm going to start doing it, see how it works, and I'll get back to all of you. I've got this big panic that Davo is slowly going to morph into um, <laughs> Carrot <Hamilton>. Top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. going to morph into Carrot happen. Top over the next couple of weeks. We've got to start a whole new podcast called Today in IV-TM Moisture Boost Hydrogel, Hydrogel Patches. patches. <laughs> it's good. Right, can't believe that would be a chapter in the book if we were writing the book today. We should save that for if we Dear diary today. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> yeah, too good. Okay, Rog, there are many ways to connect to us. He's showing me a picture of Carrot Top while we're doing it. Look up George Hamilton. There are many I ways to connect Top to us, is a including <laughs> now extinct Amazon. Oh, I've already done that. I've already done that bit, Rog. Uh, do you know what? I need something for my head next. I need something for my brain. Uh, I need that too. Okay, follow us on Twitter at Men in Blazers, at Embassy Davis, at Rog Bennett, on Instagram at Men in Blazers, at Embassy underscore Davis. <laughs> on Facebook, Men in Blazers. You can always send your ravens to the crap part of Soho. You can always email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. Vendorpunk, Rog. War pig. Who wants to sex Matombo? I like snaps. Balls win, balls win. To tweet. Abrogado, rock and mate. Kung Fu fight in America. Love you, Davo. Love you, Rog. I love you just the way you are. No, I need my eyes Don't done. Don't you go carrot-topping on me. Need my eyes done. <laughs> <laughs>